Today I get to interview Mara Whitener, a fractional COO, and I'm going to break down what that means. Um, it's not math fractions per se. What it is is a person who, instead of working for one company, uh, they actually break their time into segments to allow themselves to serve a lot of companies. Uh, this could be a huge value if you're a starting company and you need the value of someone highly, highly talented, highly skilled, but maybe you don't have the budget for someone full-time. Um, and so a person that is in the fractional role can spread themselves among a lot of different companies and provide a still a high level of value. COO stands for Chief um, Operating Officer. And so this is somebody who's going to come in and, and work on the operation. So if you're a real estate agent, investor, or otherwise out there, you want to grow your business, you can't hire a full-time person, this might be the route to go. So stay tuned in this episode. We're going to talk about operations, how to go from being a six-figure company to a seven or eight-figure company and more. Mara, thank you so much for joining us. Take us into when was the pivotal point for you to decide to go fractional versus, you know, work for one particular person? Well, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really excited. Um, my journey has kind of been all over the place. Um, I worked in corporate for a while. Um, I've always had an interest in business and always a knack at logistics, backend operations, all of that. So it's more than 20 years now. Um, but I've always had an interest in it. And um, when I met my husband, I had the opportunity to leave corporate and really start to explore what it is I truly wanted to do. I know a lot of us are, well, we do what we have to do sometimes, but maybe not what we truly want to do. And I've kind of gone on a journey. I've built um, several businesses, six to seven figures. Um, and it wasn't until a few years ago I hit severe burnout. I mean, textbook burnout, you look up the definition, my face is probably right there. All of the mental aspects, the phys physical aspects, everything. And so it really made me think and do some soul searching and say, okay, like, what is it that I'm truly meant to do? And I'm doing this differently. And I kept coming to back to, this is what I've done my entire career. This is what... I had other businesses reaching out to me in my last business saying, how are you doing it? How are you, how are, how did you grow so quickly and how do you make it look so easy? And my nature is to help. So I started helping other businesses and running my own company at the same time. And that's what, what burnt me out. And so I decided to um, pursue that full time and make it my mission to help other business owners figure out how to run their businesses in a way that's aligned with them, not with their neighbor, not with the competition, not with what some person tells them on social media, truly what's a way that's aligned with them and to reach whatever their goal is, whatever their level or definition of success is. And that's what I've made my mission. And I love it. So let's talk about it because you mentioned the word growth a few times and operations obviously done well can allow for growth. How much as a COO are you installing growth systems like marketing and those sales, those types of things versus just helping run the service side of the business well enough for the entrepreneur to scale? Yeah, it's a really good question. It's um, all of those areas, marketing, sales, operations, finance, they all have to work together in tandem to really create and grow your business. But operations is the glue that hold it all together, right? You can have the most amazing marketing system and sales strategy, and you can be the best salesperson in the world. Everything falls apart in the back end of your business. Well, you're not going to have the success that you want. 
operations is the glue that holds everything together. And so no matter what your marketing and sales strategy is, you have to be able to implement it, right? So you have to have the right pieces in place. You have to have the right people in place to implement it. So all of that, you know, marketing and sales brings them in the door. Operations does everything else. So if you don't have the everything else, you're missing a huge chunk. Or if that everything else is confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, just any of the negative things, you're not doing it in a way that's aligned for you. What At what point should someone be thinking fractional COO? Like, is it a certain revenue benchmark? How, how, how should the thought process be? Um, the thought process is a lot of times where I end up coming in in my fractional services rather than just my kind of review and, and action plan services is typically mid to high six figures into seven figures. And lately I'm running into a lot of seven figure businesses that have no structure put in place. There's, they have had tremendous success and it's to their credit. But that's going to catch up with you when you don't have all the right, right back end things in place. If you are mid to high six figures, I would make sure the back end of your business is, is sound because the longer you wait, the worse it's going to get and the harder it's going to be for someone like me to even come in and fix it. Um, if I'm coming in and you've already reached seven figures, I'm probably on board at least a good six months to a year to get things straightened out. If you can embrace that idea of either having that advisor role or very part-time kind of mid six figure range and say, Hey, I can see it's starting to get a little crazy, a little overwhelmed. What do I need to put in place to make sure this doesn't get out of control? You're going to grow faster, easier, and a whole lot less rocky than someone seven figures. And we haven't figured it out at all. What would you say, I mean, a lot of real estate agents, investors, and small businesses that we talk to, they get overwhelmed way before mid-six figures, right? If mid-six figures, let's say it's 500000 a year, I mean, I'd say probably somewhere between one hundred and three fifty a year. I, I see a lot as I coach. I see a lot of people, you know, facing some challenges. So what would you yeah, say to yeah. the people that maybe feel like they need this well in advance of, of 500000 yeah, definitely reach out for the help. So typically my fractional services, if I'm actually coming into your business, nine times out of 10, that's around the average revenue range um, that I'm actually stepping into your business. Um, but I actually offer other services to allow you to access that help, those answers, um, and getting things lined up no matter where you are in your business. I've worked from those from startup all the way through seven figures. Um, and I'm actually interviewing and hiring their C-suite to take over for me. Um, so there's there's access to me. You don't necessarily need a fractional and someone coming in to do it for you at those levels, but you do need to um, really take some time and figure out the right ways for you. Um, you can be under six figures, you can be doing it on your own and you start to feel that overwhelm and frustration. I know I need help, but what help do I need? I can help you answer that question. It's a, it's a, we analyze what you have on your plate and really prioritize budget wise. What's the most bang for your buck and who do you need to bring on board that you can grow with 
rather than just, I need this and I need this and I need this, might be spending more than you have to. You might be bringing on the wrong people. You know, you get to six, uh, six figures, you know, 100,000 to, to 500,000. Probably already have one person on board. Now you're probably going to have to start to build a team. Now you're starting to step into CEO. This is no longer just a solopreneur. You're doing all of the things. Now you need to start step, stepping into your CEO role. And that's really a matter of delegating and all of that. I offer different products and services to support you at every level. What do you feel like you see as the biggest mistakes? Like, I mean, someone gets to six figures, um, you know, maybe 100, 250,000. What are the biggest mistakes that are made in that, in that space? They are usually still trying to do a lot on their own. Um, I usually see a lot. Uh, it's still hard to let go of control. Um, they're spinning their wheels. They're a lot have brought on a VA or some sort of help and it's not working out and they get frustrated. Then they may bring on somebody else. And it's really just trying to figure out that dynamic of what help they need and who they need. Um, that is the biggest thing that I, that I tend to, I would say a hundred percent of folks Actually, no matter what level you're at, I would say 100% of folks, the beginning work is delegating. Who is doing what? Who are the right people? Are they in the right place? Can you grow with them? And how do we how do we put that that whole piece together? Because usually once you hit six figures and beyond, you are definitely looking at one team member, two team members, 10 team members. And how do you build that out? Especially if you haven't done it before. You yeah. don't know. There's no manual on how to do it, um, but it's figuring out how to do it, do it right for you. But harnessing and accepting how to delegate, when to delegate, what to delegate, who to delegate to um, is a big key at that range. So there are a lot of people that take way too long to delegate, but there's probably people that delegate way too fast um, as well, I'm assuming. Um, but uh, so it's more common, you think, that people hold on the reins too long? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I see they hold on to the reins too long. There's a lot of what, but I don't, it's cheaper. It's just easier if I do it myself. It's cheaper if I do it myself. Well, I don't, I mean, that's really expensive. They'll start searching for help and then they'll get sticker shock. Oh, oh, that's a lot. I can't afford that. In reality, you can't afford not to do it. Um, so it's a matter of trying to figure out the priority the most bang for your buck, the right type of person, so you can do it budget friendly, as well as get the right person that you can you can grow with. So yeah, nine times out of ten, I see people holding on to things way longer than they should. In a lot of our businesses, as we you know hit multiple six figures or seven figures, you know we went to a process of of EOS to kind of help sort through the things. What is there like structures of organization or meetings or things like that that you like? to see more commonly implemented in most of these businesses? Um, I like to, I like to help once someone takes the step to bring on one team member and it starts with one and you're probably going to grow from there. You're taking on an extra responsibility. You aren't just running a business, you're running a team. And part of that comes with leadership. You need to be the example. 
Um, the entire environment of your business and culture is going to be based off of you. It can be scary for some people, um, but that is really stepping into owning a business. And so a lot of it is trying to understand once you bring on that team member, you have to give the proper guidance. You have to communicate effectively. You have to have regular team meetings. You can't just say, I just, I just, I just hope they, I'm just going to tell them to do this and they just need to figure it out. No. Do you want to walk into a job and be told, I just need you to do this and go figure it out? No. You set your team up for success. And so whatever that needs to include is regular communication, meetings, thanking them, showing them they're valued. They're, they're there supporting you and your dream. Why would you not thank them? Yeah. Absolutely. Treat them like people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially for the the person that's growing their business where they're running a million miles an hour, it's it's very easy to kind of get caught up in that. And, you know, and, and, and if you're thinking about cost, like if you're thinking about your employees as far as what they take versus what they give, then that can be a pretty damaging situation as well. It can. It's it's very easy. Listen, we've all done it. We get very wrapped up in running the business. And especially if you this is your first business that you've built, it's very easy as you grow, you start getting into the bottom line. And I have a team I need to support and I have payroll I need to make. And you start making decisions from that point of view. And I'm not saying that's a bad point of view and it doesn't need to be involved in the decision making process. But remember, guaranteed, most all of us have worked for someone else in the past and we go, yeah, I never want to be like that. I never want to be treated like that. Don't make the same mistake and repeat that in your own business. If you didn't like it yourself, remember who works for you, they're people too. Yeah. Um, people no longer, that's why we had the great resignation. People don't want to be a part of corporate and be treated like a number um, heaven forbid they have emergencies in their life, like one extra sick day is needed. They don't have it. Um, life happens. People want to people want to know that other people care about them. Create that environment for your team. I guarantee you it will pay you back tenfold. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom.
There's a lot, you know, I mean, obviously providing an opportunity to retain talent has, has to do with systems and processes and clarity and all of these things. When do, when do you see a lot of businesses starting to get clarity? I mean, I know you said you have some seven figure businesses that don't have clarity, but like generally what, what do you see out there? Like what's the appropriate method? I mean, is it okay? I'm at six figures. I should hire a COO coach, so to speak. Right. Um, and, and then at, at, you know, mid six figures, I hire fractional, you know, and then at seven figures, I have a a full-time in-person COO. Like, is, is that kind of what it looks like or? Roughly. Um, it's, it's kind of a hard question to answer, but yeah, roughly those would be a, around um, the timeframes I would look at um, because most seven figure that I'm coming into, I'm immediately hiring full-time leadership type positions. If they aren't there already, I'm filling in the gaps that are there to, to set you up for further growth. Um, but really what I see is People run around and try to find the answers themselves and they don't know where to go to actually find the right answer for them. And so part of what I do, because operations covers every area of your business from finance to marketing to sale to everything, is I will work with a business owner early on all the way up. We go through everything and then we identify actually what you need. You may be very set in, you've got some great systems in place. You've got some great workflows in place, but we've got some gaps in your team. Or you may have adopted the right team, like you've embraced that early on and you've got some great people. We just may need to shift a few things around, but your systems do not optimize utilizing your team. They don't optimize and streamline things. It's very clunky in the back end. So we will focus a lot of our work of work there. Um, so I would say the key is, is to find the answers, go where you can find the answers the quickest. And that's typically what I will give you, because if it's not me, I refer you to someone else. And if we uncover during our review, you need marketing strategy help or part of the help you need is social media posting help. You don't need that on your plate. There's no one on your team. Let's go look for that specific solution. And why not cut to the exact thing you need at that time rather than trying to waste all kinds of all kinds of effort. But being cognizant of keeping an eye on your operations from the start when things get frustrating depends on I use human design in my work to really help align um systems and structures and and things to the business owner and their vision. Um, So that's kind of the tool that I use, but people are built differently. But if there's frustration or bitterness or anger or any of those feelings, it's a sign for you to stop and analyze what's happening and then fix it then. Because if you let it prolong, it's going to cause you more problems. Um, So that would be roughly the dollar amounts, but I have seen people, I mean, people embrace and have me do a review and they're at $50,000 a year, Yeah. but they know they want to do this right. They know what, what they want to grow to and they want to put in the pieces now. So it doesn't get super frustrating later. Yeah. So you were in the corporate world and now you run a business and you help people run their businesses. So I want to talk to you, the business owner, 
and get a little sense of like, for your business, you have sales and marketing and operations and, and kind of tell us the story of your business. Like what pieces have been the challenges for you? What things obviously have, have been very natural and how has your business progressed? Yeah, it's, it's easy. It's well, not easy, but um, everyone thinks, you know, either as operations or a business coach or a marketing coach and what, you know, you have everything figured out for yourself or like doctors, we're, we're our own worst, worst people. Um, but I would say marketing was probably is probably the, the weakest area for myself. Um, and so I just very quickly identified, actually identified it in my last business that I don't need to beat my head against a wall and figure it out. Part of my investment is I have someone that does all my marketing. And so when I pivoted to start this business, probably a lot of people think I overspent or wouldn't agree with having a full-time marketing person from the get-go, but I already knew I was going to need it. I knew from past experience. So that I had in place um, from the beginning. But I have found each business that I have started and I have owned has been different and has brought different challenges, but yet some things stay the same. It's even though I have started a team, built a team, grown a business, there's still those same jitters and feelings that come when you bring on your first person, you're going from everything is in my head to now I need to communicate it to someone else. Different business, but still the same issue. Um, so it can you can be a serial entrepreneur and still have some of the beginner baby problems. And it's OK. Like that's normal and that's expected. Um, I, yeah, I'd probably say marketing. Once I figured out, identify that was not going to be my thing and didn't need to be my thing. Um, I invested in the right help to do it. That's part of and that was part of my initial investment in this business. I'm going to bring it on from the get go. I'm not even going to try. I'm going to have it. And not worry about it. And that's that's what I've done. Uh, so for a lot of these businesses starting out, marketing or sales, particularly marketing is you have options, right? You can hire a person to come in in your company. You can hire a, a company to market. It sounds like you hired a person. Um, can you walk us through like what skills, past experiences, uh, you know, and, and other other elements too, but like maybe why you went the route of a person versus a company to, to run that marketing for you? Uh, well, she owns her, her own company. Um, and so it's, it's agency style. Um, but I, I have a vision. I have expertise. I have thoughts. I have things. I have all of this that I want to share. And the frustrating part for me is when I go to share it, I get very caught up with, oh, is this the right format for Facebook? Is this, are people going to see this in the algorithm on LinkedIn? And well, what picture is going to go with this that's going to make people see it? And I get caught up, my operational logistical brain gets caught up in all of the details with it rather than just sharing it. And so it became, I tried every iteration of, okay, I'll write the content and I'll have someone else put it together. I'll have someone else do all of it. I'll do it all myself. Like I've gone through all of the iterations and it just worked easier when I shared my overall vision, what I wanted to share, the things I wanted to teach, and then let them put it together from there. Um, they suggest strategy. They suggest 
okay, these are great topics, but let's do this then. And let's do this then. You know, I even have one now they'll, they'll shoot my videos and everything now for me. I sign up for a day once a month. I don't have to think about it. Good. Great. It's an appointment. You've got what you need. Awesome. I'll see you next month. And I can get back to what I do best. And so this is a spend too, and I want to illustrate this because I think this is hard for starting entrepreneurs. Like this is a good size spend that's done in your early revenue or even maybe pre-revenue phase, right? So to make the spend, I'm assuming you had to come to the table with reserves. Like if you'll take us into that a little bit without obviously having to be too personal, but I think like I want to illustrate this decision because I think it's a hard decision for young entrepreneurs to make. It is. I mean, I had identified from previous experience that it was not going to be my cup of tea. Um, And from trying all of the different iterations and all of the different ways. So my willingness to come to the table with that investment up front came from the sheer frustration of going through all of the things the last time and the relief that I felt when I was able to find the right person to take it over and I felt comfortable and it was handled and I can move on. So, um, you know, when I made the decision to sell that business and pursue helping other business owners full time, I knew I was not going to repeat that frustration. And so that was just part of my initial cost. That was what it was going to be. Now, granted, it was a little less because there wasn't as much marketing needed right in the beginning, but it was still my initial cost. I can do admin stuff. I could do all the other backend stuff. So my priority of where to spend my dollars was to relieve that frustration and allow me to get right into my zone of genius. For those that have don't have that experience and don't can't already identify that they that they need that help, the struggle becomes so you're in beginning stages. You don't know until you know. Um, there is a certain amount of trial and error, I believe, that has to happen in the beginning stages of your business before you can actually identify. We can't go in from day one and say, I'm just going to have someone else sell for me. And I, you know, I'm just going to have someone else do all of this for me. Chances are you're not going to be able to clearly articulate exactly what you need because you don't even know. You haven't done it yourself. So as disappointing as that may sound to those that are at beginning stages, your trial and error stage is actually very, very, very important. But there are people that can help guide you through that stage so that you can do that trial and error in a structured format so you don't feel all over the place and you can learn from each thing that you do. Again, this is where I use human design um, with my clients. And, you know, if it's something that's frustrating, let's say for one of them, that's a key for them to say to stop and learn to analyze what's happening, whether it's a client they're working with and they need to learn to be more discerning about what client to take on. Niche down a little bit further. We all start out. We want to help out everybody. Um, That's a sign for them to be more discerning with clients. If it's a situation, maybe there's something about that situation that doesn't align with them and how they want to work. That is a sign that they need to stop and analyze instead of continuing with that frustration. Because frustration means they're not doing what they're supposed to do. 
There's if you're designed as a projector in human design, your your key will be bitterness. You'll feel very bitter when things aren't aligned with you. So that's why I use that that tool to really help help business owners hone in on their own guidance system because you're going to be able to tell yourself what's right and wrong. You're going to be able to tell yourself about making that making that decision. Um, so I got off a little track off track a little bit, but there are business owners that will, it feels like it's easier and cheaper if they keep on everything. And when I actually do the math for them, they forget that their time is worth something. Yep. So let's say, let's say, I know this doesn't necessarily apply to real estate agents, but if you're a service-based industry, let's say you would charge $100 an hour for a client for your time. That's what your time is worth. Make this so that it makes math easy. And let's say that content and, and posting on social media or, you know, sending clients onboarding documents and bookkeeping in the back end, say that's six hours of your time per week. doesn't feel like a whole lot. You're like, nah, it's easier if I just keep it on, right? Okay, if your time is worth $100 an hour, that's $600. That is six hours that you could have one more call with a client and book another client. That is one more hour that you can go do a home show and sell another house. Yeah, 100%. Well, you could spend the other four doing nothing and taking time off. You make that one more sale, you have more than made up for, let's say it costs you $200 a week. To bring probably less for those same six hours, and you pay them twenty dollars an hour. It's a hundred and twenty dollars. You could make another thousand dollars. Hmm, is it really costing you money? Right. It's costing you money, all right. Yeah, one way or another, it's costing you money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you actually are holding yourself back from being able to grow by not being willing to think about it from that standpoint and that your time is worth something. Yeah, absolutely. What is your vision for your life and business next 12 to 18 months? Um, I am well on my way. Um, I am almost booked out fully one-to-one clients. Um, And so I want to continue that journey and am looking to open up some other opportunities, bring some more people on my team to, um, help reach other businesses and help other businesses continue to implement um, things that need to be implemented. So my overall goal is to continue to build my team and be able to help more businesses than just me. Um, Just really create aligned structures and aligned systems and things around them that I can look two years later and go, I knew them when (laughs) like my my picture of success is when I watch somebody say, I need to replace you with a full-time team. Yeah. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Cause that means I did my job. Yes. Yeah. Well, and you're being replaced with a full team, which is a pretty, pretty cool thing as well. So, uh, Merith, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your life and your business. Uh, for those of you out there listening, obviously you probably took some things away. I know I sure did. Um, just having some clarity on like, what and how we can interact with these fractional COOs. I mean, I've seen fractional CFOs, but fractional COOs 
is a kind of a newer concept for me. So I'm excited to dive into it more. Um, write down what you learned. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 